When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, the Bird Show. Oh, estrangements are tough, man. When do you re-enter each other's orbits? The timing has to be right for both. Uh, it has to be genuine as well. So we get this email. Uh, from a Bird Show listener whose biological brother wants to reunite, just not in person, and would also like to reunite by getting some money from his sister. <laughs> okay. Uh, Abby's got the email. Hey, guys. I want to know what you guys would do in my situation. So long story short, I was adopted from overseas. I've had no contact with my birth family for over 25 years until last year. Out of the blue, my brother contacted me via YouTube channel. I know it's him because we look alike and he has all of the documentation that only they would have. It's hard to convey my excitement through email, but I was ecstatic, nervous, and full of questions. However, it was short-lived. Almost immediately, he asked me for money. I was extremely disappointed. He didn't even ask about me, how I'm doing, or if I had a good life, etc., Basically, he blamed me for getting adopted and he didn't. And what a crappy life he has had, etc. I know firsthand the struggles they must have had because I lived it. I was an older child when I was adopted. I was eight. Anyways, I sent him a little money because I felt bad. Then he continued to ask for more. Then I decided to block him because he became enraged and called me all sorts of names because I didn't send him enough. He wanted me to help him build a house, buy a car, a motorcycle, and to help pay for his wedding. The F? We stopped talking for months, and then recently he found my email and has been emailing me every day asking for money because he is sick and needs help. I know a part of me thinks he's probably lying, but, th- but at the same time, I feel so guilty. Should I feel guilty? Would you send your sibling money in my shoes? This wasn't the reunion I was hoping for. Your thoughts? Thanks, guys. Hope y'all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Look, man, life doesn't owe you anything, first of all. <laughs> and playing the victim here, this drives me absolutely crazy. Um, and I will tell you, from, as a guy that comes from these family estrangements, um, if you're new to the show, look, my parents, if they got into a fight with uh, one of their siblings, they cut each other off for a decade. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, man. So I grew up this way. And it trickled down to me and my brothers as well. So I can tell you this, that... Um, even though there is blood there between me and my half brothers, they feel like strangers to me in a lot of ways. So it would almost be like a stranger coming into my life mm-hmm. and asking me for money. I know that sounds harsh because there is blood there, but there's no connection because we really haven't hung out. And because you've already sent some money, 
he knows that there's a weakness there and that he's going to he's going to continue to try to get more. Junie, I'm here to tell you, especially the fact that he reached out and had no interest whatsoever in forging a relationship with you. It was about the money from the very beginning. You do not need to feel guilty about not sending him any money. He's using you. And I know that can be a really hard pill to swallow because technically this is family, but sometimes family treat each other worse than a stranger ever could. Yeah, you're responsible for your own life. So he's responsible for his own life. And the fact that he's coming to you and and laying all this guilt on you, it's only because he doesn't want to take action in his own life. Yeah, as a person who has a good relationship with a lot of family and friends, I've learned that uh, when people ask you for money, for some reason, it typically does not come from the family members who you would give it to without even hesitating. <laughs> yeah. It's always the others that feel <laughs> entitled for some reason. And typically those people, it's because they're using you and they're trying to utilize the fact that you're a family to make you feel like you owe them something. Nah, this is extremely unfortunate and it's also a revolving door once you start. So I would stop immediately. Yeah, I think you've got to ask yourself what the purpose in giving him more money would be because if it's to assuage some sense of guilt that you have, why do you have this guilt? You don't owe him anything. If you think that giving him more money is going to somehow bridge that relationship and make him feel closer to you, ask yourself, if you had no money to give, would he even be reaching out in the first place? Because you've had no relationship with this guy for 25 years. So he's coming to you, seeing you as a bank account and as some way to use that guilt to manipulate you. I, I wouldn't give him a cent, but you really got to do some deep thinking as to what's going to make you feel good about that decision. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And just piggybacking on what you guys said, as soon as you give him a dollar, he's going to ask for two. Uh -huh. And then two becomes four. And then, you know, so it's not going away. You don't owe him anything. Mm -hmm. But he is just trying to lay this guilt on you for his his life and what how it unfolded. And you don't owe this dude anything. I always thought it was funny, too, how if somebody asks you for money and you say no, they get mad at you. Yeah. Like you did something wrong. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, you got you to gotta stop this. They have the right to ask. You have the right to say no. Absolutely. So we're all in agreement here. Yeah. Keep this toxicity out. Move <clears throat> on with your life. Let him be responsible for his own life. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and don't feel guilty about it. And don't like, feel bad. Don't beat yourself up about it. Hey, the Burt Show. So what could happen that is so dramatic that you would rescind a wedding invitation? You uninvited someone to your wedding. You had sent the invitation out. They got it. And you had to tell them, nope, sorry, you can't come. One 855-BIRT-SHOW, 855-237-8746. Because I saw this posted by Vogue magazine and I was like, no way the number is that high. According to a 2022 report, one fourth of soon to be married couples have rescinded wedding invitations over the past two years. 25%, one in four. Wow. So that means something so dramatic had to happen between you and the other couple, between the invite going out yep. and the wedding that you had to pull it. Yes. One in four. One, yeah. 25%, one in four have rescinded, retracted, uninvited somebody from their wedding. And I'm like, what had happened? Well, that makes a that makes a lot of sense to me because most people have to plan their weddings two years in advance because it's mm -hmm. so hard to get those venues. So you get engaged in 2021. Your wedding's probably not until 2023. Yeah. A lot happens in relationships with two years. Like if you told me, if you told January me who I wouldn't be friends with this year, <laughs> I would be flabbergasted. Yeah, that's a good point. So they go on to have a link in their bio to like for 
polite ways to uninvite somebody. I read it. It was stupid. I'm like, <laughs> it was like some chick from Emily Post Institute. It's like trying to help you out. And I'm like, mm, this is bad. So I just wanted to ask our listeners, if you had to uninvite somebody from your wedding, why did you have to uninvite them? And how did you do it? I was uninvited from a wedding once. <gasps> what? You are? Yeah. Well, I have a... It was like one of my best friends, um, and she was getting married, and she sent me the invitation, not thinking anything of it. I was excited about it. We had always just been strictly friends, nothing more, but her uh, now husband just did not like me at all. Like, it was that simple. He was just like, I don't care whether you and this dude did or did not have anything. He is not coming to the wedding. Really? And she admitted it. She admitted that he's just jealous of you. There's no other, like... There's no other thing to it. So she called me and literally told me, I'm sorry. And as close as we are, uh, you can't come to my wedding. So I almost had a similar situation. Did you say that you hooked up with this woman? No. Okay. So um, my ex-wife had a really, really good friend. And they got intimate with each other one night. And they both realized like, oh, God, this is not going to work. But she ended up asking me if it was okay if he was at our wedding. And I said, yes, right? But I waffled on that idea after I said yes for so long that I could have said no and then we would have disinvited him. I wish we would have because he's like the only guy that I could see when I was standing up there <laughs> making my vows. <laughs> it was like everybody else was in like color and he was in black and white. <laughs> hey, Valerie, good morning. You're on The Burt Show. Hey, so I disinvited my maid of honor's girlfriend because she hit her. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good reason right there. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a very good reason. Uh, Here is Jason. Good morning, Jason. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning, bud. Hello. Um, I actually had some family of mine go and send out invites to everybody, and then the old lady ended up asking the husband to specifically tell them that they couldn't come to the wedding. Why? Family beef and just drama all around. So they send the invites out, and then she says, look, okay, now I I know we sent the invites out, but this person, this person, this person, and this person, not invited? It wasn't quite that many people. It was like two people. It was a couple, but. And so he had to call and and (laughs) disinvite them? I'm not entirely sure. What new thing I did? Okay. I don't know why that came out, but it did. Curse song. Yes. Okay. Why is that guy strangely my favorite caller of the morning? He, he called you and Bob. called me Bud. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, good morning, Gary. You're on the Bird Show or Carrie. Hi. Hey there. So I uninvited my husband's godmother to our wedding. Why? Um, yeah. So she is actually his aunt, but it's also his godmother. Um, she, I went on my bachelorette party and I invited my now sister-in-law, um, also his cousin that is from another aunt because I was closer to her. We're a lot closer in age, but I didn't invite his nanny's daughter. So his other cousin, um, she was like 21 at the time, had just moved off to college. I didn't know her. I was almost 30. Um, so I didn't feel the, the need or the importance to also invite her um, to my bachelorette party. And she called and cussed me out in the middle of my bachelorette party, told me that I was going to be like the ugliest bride, um, all this stuff. And so I sat my fiance down and was like, look, I love you, but this woman like mm-hmm. toxic and I do not want to glance during our wedding and see this woman 
Um, and so I sent her a text and told her, like, you're uninvited. Good for you. Did she not show? I don't know. I hung up on her. Dang it. We'll never know. We'll she never sounds like know. the kind of woman that would still show up anyway. It sounds like maybe so. Hey, The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Another artist is trying to get Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey to leave Kansas. And it's not Taylor Swift. Because you know that woman loves him if she's willing to fly out to Kansas when she's got homes in <laughs> London and Beverly Hills and Nashville and New York. Machine Gun Kelly, I had no idea, is from Cleveland, which is where Travis and his brother Jason are from. And so on the New Heights podcast this week, Machine Gun Kelly said, I am willing to pay you to leave Kansas City. I will give you $500,000 cash upon arrival, as well as matching that same amount as a donation to both of our high schools, both Shaker Heights and Cleveland Heights, <laughs> as well as everyday breakfast and coffee delivery from my restaurant. Oh, oh If my you gosh. would just come home <laughs> and put on these colors right here. And- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please play for the Cleveland Browns. I will bring you banana bread and coffee every morning, which this is also how I discovered that Machine Gun Kelly has a restaurant in Cleveland. Yeah, that was probably a wise little plug on his part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by the way, my restaurant on the street corner at this uh, specific location, but apparently it was his dream to play for the Cleveland Browns. You know that was the original dream, dog. You know that was the dream. Come on home, Travis. <laughs> Put these colors on. That is an intriguing offer. It is an intriguing offer because you know how much we love the east side of Cleveland. I'm not going to lie. Situation is pretty good in Kansas City. I'm there with a briefcase like this just for shock. <laughs> it was like one of my dreams to play for the Browns. I know he's a bajillionaire, but having to choose between Kansas City and uh, Cleveland, real real glamorous options here. No brainer. <laughs> I'm shocked that it was anybody's dream to ever play for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard that. I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> All right, is it, why is it fine for men to be passionate about sports, but when women have an artist they like, fangirling is seen as trivial? Kristen sent me a very interesting te- TED Talk about fangirl cult- culture that I thought we could discuss. Yeah, so uh, this is a, an actual TED Talk about fangirls. And when I watched it, I'm like, she makes some very valid and interesting points. There's a reason why they hired her to do a TED Talk, Mm because they typically hire people and they get people that know what they're talking about. And um, her name is spelled Y-V-E. I'm going to call her Yves Blake. And she is a playwright and she breaks down why we should reevaluate the misunderstood passion and power of fangirls. And I felt like every Swifty needs to hear this. And not only every Swifty needs to hear this, but every person that's ever judged a fangirl or looked down on them needs to hear this. I'm obsessed with the way that the world talks about fangirls. Boys crying at the footy. That's the love of the game. Girls crying at a Justin Bieber concert. That's pathetic. And as soon as I realized this double standard, I realized that all of my curiosity about fangirls had been sparked by exactly the same judgments. I too had suspected that they were a bit crazy. I want to know if girls grow up in a world where words like crazy and psycho and hysterical are casually used to describe female enthusiasm, then how does that shape the way that those girls get to see themselves? And if the girls grow up in a world that tells them that they are designed just a bit crazier than the boys, then isn't that a little bit like telling them that they are born less capable of rationality than men, less capable of reason, 
and unworthy of the same intellectual respect as their brothers? What if we decided to rethink the words we use to describe that joy? And what if we didn't allow ourselves to diminish girls with words that undermine their intelligence, their interests, and their capability? I reckon instead of judging fangirls, we can learn from them. We can all die tomorrow, so why not love things while we're still breathing? I, I, I can't disagree with it. Yeah. I mean, really, when you're talking about dudes, you know, talking about a football team or their favorite player, mm-hmm. what are we doing? F- fanboying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. yeah, might as well just cool. call it that, right? Yeah. No, I think that's one of the reasons why, as a Swifty, this particular era of Taylor Swift life is really satisfying for people who've been fans for a while. Because growing up, I mean, you were always looked down for being a Swifty. I mean, I'm literally talking to a guy right now who said, when I pick you up, there's no Taylor Swift going on in the car. Because that's that's like a trivial interest, which is one of the reasons why I want to cancel it. But I, I think it's... I. I think women have always been looked down for our interests, especially when they've been deemed basic, like liking Starbucks. Maybe I just like convenient coffee. And sometimes I maybe like a little Frappuccino because it's sweet and delicious. It doesn't mean that it's basic or trivial. Mm-hmm. It just means it's a mainstream common interest that's enjoyable. So I really felt that TED Talk, and I'm glad that you shared it with me. Thank you very much. I thought of you when I saw it. I appreciate it. All right, a new expose says they're exposing lies from the Golden Bachelor about his relationship history. It's on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. Guys had just a nice little beaches moment there. I appreciate <laughs> <laughs> There's but, a lot of love. But does it, was this somebody die in that movie? I, I, I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to point out that Abby just said, what's Beaches? Oh, oh yeah, God. that's a, oh, it's an old movie. Yeah, 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 but it's like, a, it's a classic. It, it is a classic, but it's about a very strong, powerful female friendship. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm the one who dies? Yep. Yep. I guess it's just been deemed, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll miss you, but don't do it before your contract's up. You're doing great. (laughs) Hey, the Burt Show. The ladies are fired up. Fired (laughs) up in here. (laughs) What happened? What happened? So... I'm back on the dating apps per usual. And I'm I'm supposed to have a lunch date today, but I feel really icky about going because he made fun of my interest in Taylor Swift. So I'll back up a little bit. This is on the app hinge and I'll just give you the whole transcript because why not? Because I don't care if he cancels at this point. And I have in my, I have on my hinge bio, one of, one of the prompts that you can respond to. One of the prompts says, never have I ever been excited for a second date and he came in hot and I, this is what really caught my attention to make me think oh maybe I'll actually go out with this guy he said well clearly you ain't been on a proper date with the Georgia boy yet okay <laughs> and I was like I right, B- BDE and I said or I've just been out with all the wrong Georgia boys and he said the word proper was in there for a reason Gollum's back hello <laughs> so then he commented on something else that was in my profile I was like oh can you recommend the best song I've never heard before. And then he sent me a song and I was like, oh, it's a great song. Where'd you hear it from? And then he said, on the Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) And I gave him a little, I I gave him a little bit of crap for it. I was like, oh, what a stereotypical male interest. And uh, I said, you can keep your Joe Rogan if you don't hate on me too much for being a Swifty. And he goes, whoa, 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 those two are not the same. And I was like, well, they're both basic interests for mm-hmm. our respective genders. So anyway, we get to talking. He asked me out. And he ends up getting my number because I gave it to him. And the first thing he sends me is, 
Whenever I do f- get to finally take you on a date, no Taylor Swift in the car. That was the first thing he said to me after getting my number. So now I'm just peeved. And I said, well, it's a good thing I don't get into strangers' cars on the first date. <laughs> and he goes, well, that that's good practice. However, it impedes on my ability to provide a quote-unquote proper date. And I'm like, well, technically it's a first meeting. So we're getting coffee later today. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to cancel because I'm a little upset that one of the... F- he couldn't... I was like, you can have Joe Rogan. That's your thing. I'm not going to hate on it. If that's a podcast you like to listen to, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's a stereotypical male interest that it would have been a cheap shot for me to make jokes about. In the same way that I feel like it's a cheap shot for you to hang on to this Taylor Swift thing. Yeah, and I was saying before I got shut down because we had to wait till we got on the air to talk about this. <laughs> I'm really over people trivializing and talking down about things that bring other people joy. Like, we're all different. We all have different interests. And what brings you joy might not bring me joy, but that doesn't mean I need to crap all over it. Like, Isn't this just like gentle needling, joking though? Like he's almost trying to be flirty over something. I don't, I don't see it as it, serious as you guys do. It would be funny if he said, no Taylor Swift in the car, Joe Rogan podcast only. Then I would have laughed because he's clearly referencing the earlier joke and then we could have sparred over it. Because there is like when you flirt, there's a little bit of verbal sparring and yeah. it can be fun. But at the same time, note like if that's the first impression and he's taking something that's very important to you that you really love and is like already pooping all over it instead of being like I bet I can find a song you'll like better than Taylor Swift like you could make it positive you could bring your own stuff to you know you can still kind of joke around about it without just negging on it and I just and the fact that you said that on the air that he made fun of it and that you're debating on going for me I'm like Life is short. Why waste not time on people that you're already, your gut is already being like, mm, not really. I know. Well, I think it's maybe wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt in the way that I'm not really getting the benefit of the doubt with Taylor Swift. And also it's going to be 15 minutes of coffee. I think this is a perfect example of how flirting can go wrong because of how men and women think so differently. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think I would have taken his approach because it felt typical, but I do think that he harmlessly meant that as like a way of building a conversation off of a joke because he doesn't know a lot of your interests yet. So that's that's kind of what he knows, mm-hmm. and I think that's what he was attempting to do, but I can see how you would read it differently. I'm with Mo. I, I, I would see the same thing. So maybe like a response could have been like, well, if you can't accept me at my swiftiness, then you don't deserve me at all. Oh, yeah. like if I can accept him at his Joe Rogan-ness, he should yeah. be able to accept, accept me at my swiftiness. That's a great line right there. Yeah. Let's see how he responds to that. Well, it's yeah. too late. We're already balls deep in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We're not even that far. But I, I think it wasn't funny to me and I hadn't given him crap about Joe Rogan. So it felt like. It felt like a it felt like a jab rather than kind of us going back and forth. Okay, is it not funny to you? Not because it's not funny, but just because of where you are and how exasperated you are with dating right now? Hell yeah, actually, okay. probably. This is why I made the suggestion this morning. Okay, the suggestion I made to Abby this morning was there. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the science behind it is. But the less you care, the more others are attracted to you. It's. I, I mean, it's. It's a it's a dating. How do you even call it? It's not even a theory. It's just I, I don't know how you phrase it exactly, <laughs> but I know exactly what you're saying. And there is something to that. People just they tend to want someone who they don't believe wants them back. I don't know why, but it is a thing. The less F's you give, the more people want to be attracted to you. So yes. I made the suggestion to Abby this morning because she's not having a lot of luck that, you know what, for the next 30 days, 
Put your dating life in the penalty box. Like, really don't care. Like, don't go on the dating apps when you're out with your friends. Don't do the uh, walk around the bar looking for dudes. Don't approach them. You go out there. You couldn't care less if you have any interaction with guys at all. And I am almost assuring you in 30 days you come back here and you go, I've never had more guys hit on me. Okay. All right. Would you like to change how you worded this in our schedule now that you've heard the whole story? Because you put Abby in the douchebag. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was that. giving her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. But just after hearing your take on air, I don't feel like it really meshes up with what well, you wrote on the schedule. No. Maybe I was the douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> he, he listens to Joe Rogan. He's a douchebag. <laughs> no, he is not. Well, we're going to find out today at noon because that's when our date is. Okay. I Good can't enough. wait to hear her I again. Right. Put it on the schedule for tomorrow. What if Abby he's in the douchebag too. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's listening right now and cancels though? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Then you got then you've lost nothing. Yeah. Then you've lost nothing. You wanted to cancel anyway. <laughs> but she wants to cancel. She doesn't want him to cancel. Got she it. wants to cancel. Okay. So many mind games. I'm reeling. I'm reeling. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match. So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine. And I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. The Burt Show. All right, Mo. So there you were, and you were asked the same question that you're asked by one specific person, except this time you had a different take. Were yeah. you having a baby? Yep, that's that's the question. And I think the universe uh, helped me out in attempting to embarrass my sister for asking me said question. Your own sister asked my you this? My own sister. And I really don't think people mean harm by these what I believe to be intrusive questions. But they are, they are very intrusive to me, and I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan of the when are you getting married, when are you having a baby, because I always feel like when someone asks you that question, is are you just being nosy or are you genuinely, like, going to help me when this happens? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, I was preparing myself. I had this mindset for I don't know who it's going to be, but I know somebody in my family is going to hit me with that question. <laughs> I know it. I'm just waiting for the moment. And when it happens... For the first time, instead of just answering uncomfortably like I normally would, I'm going to throw it back at them. Like, I am going to start do that. When do people it. start asking me intrusive questions, I'm going to intrusively ask you, why are you asking me said question? Mm-hmm. It is so bizarre that they don't think it's an intrusive question, especially if they um, think they're close to you. It's like they feel like they have a right to ask you something like that. But it is a very rude, invasive, intrusive question question when you don't know any of the circumstances behind why you may or may not have had a child. Is it safe to say there's really only one or two people in your life that can ask you that question? That's your mom or your dad? Or are they off limits also? I think it's intrusive either way. Okay. I really do. And I don't, again, I don't, it doesn't offend me, but typically. Oh, it offends me. It does? Yes. I wouldn't say it offends me. It just, 
it just makes me wonder, like you said, why do people not realize how intrusive it is? And what do you plan to do about it if I do have this baby? Because why are you asking if you don't plan on helping me? And normally, I would answer uncomfortably like I think most people would. But this time, I was like, no. The next person who asked me that, I'm going to embarrass them. I'm going to make them realize how you should not do that to people and how uncomfortable it really makes people. So... It's funny how it all came together because a cousin of mine was there and she has a newborn baby and she also has a two-year-old at Mm -hmm. the same time. And she has both of her kids with her at the Thanksgiving gathering. And I'm watching like just the way that she's maneuvering around the party and she's having a completely different time than everyone else's, mm-hmm. right? She's feeding one kid and then putting the other to sleep at the same time. She has, like, the baby attached to her chest there, and she's cleaning things. And I'm watching, like, this is unbelievable. So I asked her if she needs some help, and she's like, no, I don't need help. You just enjoy the party. You do your thing. And I'm like, I don't know how she's handling this so well, but whatever that is that she has, I don't have that. Like, that's not in me. I would be having a completely different time. Oh, you don't think you do. I don't think I have that cake. You don't think you do, but when you're in it, it you'll you'll you surprise yourself. So I'm like blown away by this, right? And I'm asking her questions about it, and she's telling me about all of the challenges of having two kids so close together and what like how it changed her life. But she's handling it so gracefully and so well. So there's this moment where I guess my sister sees me speaking to her about being a mom in her situation. And I guess something pinged in my sister's mind of, oh, my brother's over there with baby fever, which it wasn't that at all. Mm -hmm. I was just more so impressed by how mom was handling the situation. Mm -hmm. So as I'm walking back, I can see her like she she has the eye for me. And I know she wants to ask me something, but I don't know what's coming. (laughs) So she goes she finally goes, um. So, Reese, and I'm like, yes. She's like, um, when are you going to have this baby? So I'm like, what baby? <laughs> what baby are you referring to? <laughs> you know, the baby. The baby. And I'm like, uh, she's like, I'm, I, I'm just wondering when you're going to. And I'm like, why are you asking me this? She's like, I just want to know. I said, so you're just being nosy. You're not gonna, you're not gonna actually help me. Are you gonna help me? Like, as as my sister, are you prepared mm-hmm. for me to have this baby that you want me to have? And she's like, what you need me to do? And I'm like, well, I like to travel. I'm not always around. So when I have my baby, I'm going to need babysitters. You're the first person to ask me if I want to have a baby. So don't ask me if I'm ready unless you're ready. Are you ready to be the babysitter that I need you to be if I were to have this baby? Are you going to help me financially? Are you going to be around? What are you going to do since you're so ready for me to have a baby? What are you going to do? And she goes, okay. So she starts like kind of like the way you would rock a baby. She's like, Reese, I've been working on my baby box. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. So, so right on time, right as she says that, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Like I, I've been practicing. My cousin hands her her real baby. She's like, oh, you, you're ready, huh? You've been practicing. So she was on my side in this situation. So she's like, here, take my baby. So immediately, the whole family is now watching my sister get handed this baby, and she takes the baby. And her bop changed a little bit. Like, it it hit a little different when it was a real baby. Got a little off rhythm? Right. And she's she's trying to find the rhythm. And right on time, the baby goes... (laughs) I said, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Timing is perfect. Now, leave me alone about this baby, because you ain't even got the baby bop right for me to have one. And I appreciate the universe for embarrassing my sister. The Burt Show. First things first, here's your kids' warning right here. We're about to talk about the sex. Boom. Okay, we're going to talk about the sex. You excited? Yeah, actually. <laughs> it livens it up a little bit. Well, it's more porn than it is sex. 
Oh, so I don't know. That's, that's also exciting. Okay. Um, so if you're listening with kids in the car, just know what you're getting into here. Um, and even before we get into the email, I read this the other day, and I just looked it up again to confirm it. Even before we get into this email, one in four men hide porn use. One in four men. So if you think your man is like above watching porn behind your back, nah, my man doesn't do that. Um, a lot of you guys are wrong. Right? <laughs> this email is she's all like offended because her partner is watching porn behind her back. Um, hey, long time listener, all the way from Scotland. I love it so much. Kirsten Scotland. <laughs> and they have porn in Scotland. <laughs> it's pale. <laughs> it's it's, it's porn. <laughs> um, there are many things I would have liked to call in about, but I sadly can't listen live because of the time difference. Well, this is a beautiful place to plug the podcast. It's on demand. Listen anytime. Anyways, I'd like a little insight from the whole team. I have a partner of five years. We both have kids, me three, him two. So we live separately. What are views on men watching porn behind their partner's back? We spend a lot of time together, but he seems to disappear or tell me he's going to be late, and I later find out he's been watching porn. We have a decent enough sex life, and I send some provocative stuff when he's away for a month working, but he still seems to prefer watching other girls. I can't confront him as it ends in an argument every time and we don't generally fight. So I just don't say anything. What do I do? Is it me? What would you do? Here's a question for the men of the group. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. She's going to follow up with one for us. <laughs> Why do you guys do it rather than your partner? And here's a question for the women. Would you feel inferior like I do? Would you say something? Please answer this. My brain is going round and round daily. We are looking at houses and marriage, but this little roadblock seems to cloud my mind a little. Love you all. Can't get through the day without my Burt Show fix from Anonymous from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mo, why don't you start? <laughs> <laughs> she did ask the men the question first, and then yeah. the ladies can follow. She did. Um. Well, I'm. I've never been much of a porn guy, so it's hard for me to really answer why a guy who is needs it or would want it but i would imagine it's just like for guys who go to the strip club it's just a a desire a sexual desire that i guess it fulfills them in a way that the woman that they're with just simply can't or maybe his sex drive is a lot higher and so he doesn't feel comfortable with just the amount of sex that they have so that's that's his way of releasing when he uh is by himself yeah i feel like there's additional questions that need to be asked here like if he is watching porn and taking care of himself rather than being with you, I think that's an issue. If he's doing it in addition to being with you because his sex drive is higher, mm -hmm. then that's then that's another that that that's a whole other bag of whatever. I'm scared to look. Um and then also it's the frequency. Like if he's doing it every single day, yes. I think we have an issue. Mm -hmm. If it's just, you know, an occasional little Treat. <laughs> <laughs> a little midday snack. Yeah. You know? Um, a little. 
I'm As you like to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's not banging her. She's got squirrel lips. Uh, I'm like Mo. Never been a huge, like, watcher of it, but certainly have dabbled in it. And in all honesty, uh, I think I used it more to get me in the mood than anything else. To not actually, like, do anything with myself just gets me frisky before I know I need to be frisky. Really? Does that make any sense? So it's your it's your own personal foreplay? A little bit. Okay. Yep. This for me would be a deal breaker because how are you, with all of this right in front of you, going to choose a video and or photo and or magazine over a real life woman? Now, I know here she says that he goes away for a month at a time for work. She also says that she's offered up photos, has given him products of her own that he can use to fulfill that desire. To me, I would, wouldn't see it as a personal thing. It wouldn't make me feel inferior. To me, I would see that as a problem on your end that you find a virtual woman more appealing than all of this. And you know what? If you do want to spice up your sex life, you can always go to adameve.com and use code Abby for 50% off. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, the, from my perspective, I mean, sometimes you just need a quick release. Right. And you need a little something like to get you there and get you there quick, right? right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. It's just more, you know what? We're talking about time management. Yeah. And, and <laughs> from taking into account what you're saying, like, why can't you just look at videos or pictures of me, because um, I have you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to answer. Well, there's that, and I also feel like it it cheapens you. Like I don't want to use you for that. I want to use you for the real intimate moment. I'd rather just use these people over here that don't matter to uh, me. So you want to use other people? Yes. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know her or yeah. him, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to use my partner for porn because I feel like that. Oh man! So I'm if you found out, here. if you found out that your husband was watching porn, I don't know, once every two weeks or whatever, that doesn't offend you. If I'm being honest, no, no, yeah. Is he be, if he's just using it for like a quick release or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if he has like favorites and if he's like has a a library, well, we got an issue. But I feel like, and I'm not. What is, what's so funny is I'm treading lightly because I don't want to offend people in the porn industry. <laughs> I think they've heard it all. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to like treat you like you're you're lesser than. But yeah, I'd, I'd rather not, in doing that act, view my partner as the person that is the adult star because they don't matter to me. Um, okay, I feel like being really, really honest today. Um, I have found myself at times, and again, this is way in the past, but um, it becoming habitual. Like, uh, it was almost like a habit. Like, Monday I would watch, and then I would be bored on Tuesday, and I'd start watching on Tuesday, and then I would watch on Wednesday, and then had to catch myself like, mm-hmm. wait a second. What are you doing here? This is like becoming like an addiction mm-hmm. and really had to pull myself away from it. Which it can be. It came to me. Like, I feel like it would be disrespect- disrespectful of my husband treating him like porn. Mm. I would, li- I would like to be treated like porn. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't mind at all. Good, yeah, I wouldn't good, mind at okay. all. Do your thing, good baby. But I, I think that's an interesting thing for you to say as someone who was trying to be very respectful of sex workers listening. Yes. Like, do you feel that you're using people when you're using porn, you know, in that way? Well, I mean, they're volunteering for yeah, it. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Like they And they're getting paid handsomely. Yes. Like they're It's a business. It is a business. Yeah, and that's how I treat it. Like I just I 
it's it's so compartmentalized in my brain and I just I care more about my partner and my spouse and have more respect for them than I do for the gifts I'm looking at. <laughs> so this is so I mean, this is such a great conversation of how guys see it and how women see it. Again, uh, a woman her mind's going all the time, thinking of all the angles. It's And for guys, these are images, not healthy images, images and nothing else. You probably have never thought, like, hmm, I feel like I'm using this person when I'm watching porn. Nah, nah. it's uh, it's like you said, it's, it's business. Like, when I make love to my lady, I feel like that's different. That's a yeah. whole... That's business! That's like, yes. <laughs> but with that... That's not business, it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> with that, it's just like, it's just business. You just get into something, you're done, that's it, move on, you never think about it again. I think for some women, it's hard because when you are intimate with a partner, um, not always, but like in a relationship, there's an emotional intimacy mm-hmm. that comes along with the physical intimacy. So when if you're watching something online, you're missing that emotional intimacy. And I know that it can make some people feel like watching the people online, the sex workers are objects because you're missing that emotional piece. And that's where some of the guilt can feel in, especially mm-hmm. as women, as we're growing up being like, we're not just objects. And then you're literally watching people. And because there's no emotional connection doing this thing that you always feel emotionally connected to your partner with, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I feel like I'm objectifying you. And it's very hard because they are in those positions. They put themselves mm-hmm. there, they get paid. So I wonder if that's t- the difference and why some women get upset when their partners, their male partners watch it because for them, that act is full of emotion and emotional connection. And dudes mm-hmm. don't see it the same way mm-hmm. when it's mm-hmm. on the screen. So as a woman, I'm like, why would you do that with some, like, why would you watch that? I'm right here. But for the guy, it's like, hey, this is one undone, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to get something done. There's no emotional connection for me. Hey, Katie, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hello. Morning. It's your P1 from Buffalo. Love you guys. Hey, thank you for listening. I know there's nothing else to do in Buffalo, so thanks. <laughs> Stay warm. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But how I look at it as, like, when you're being physical with someone, like, it's kind of like an audition. You always want to play your best part and whatnot. And sometimes I just want to be selfish. Like, I want to take my time, just focus on myself. It's no disrespect to my partner. But... I don't want to focus on you. I want this to be about me. So that's kind of where, like, I think porn can come in. So how often do you watch? Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I'll say a couple times a week. Um, but it's mainly to help me go to sleep. And, and, <laughs> and, the, and there, really like is no, there really is nothing else to do in Buffalo. <laughs> She's snowing. <laughs> can you do it with mittens on? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone's tried. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for calling, Katie. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Bird Show. Do you remember the debate we had yesterday about how many holes a straw has? Uh, Yes. It was one of many, like, questions that people argue with each other about online. Yeah. And you said, according to science... It's supposed to be one hole, correct? I, I think. And like 60% of people said it was one and 30% said it was two. And then who knows what the other 10% are out there doing, picking their nose. I don't know. So I had a friend text me yesterday. The straw has no holes. No. And so I sent her a gif of Donna from Parks and Rec going, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, the straw is just a rectangle that the outer long edges have been rolled to meet each other. Since you didn't add any holes to make the straw, if you lay the shape out flat, no holes. Bruh. 
What? No, the math isn't mathing. Boom. And I go, I sent the like the mind blowing uh, gif, what? and she goes, "Did I read a book about fractal geometry? Maybe even understood some of it." No, just don't bring that kind of smartness here. <laughs> just don't. It's just not we're necessary. Not, yeah, we're not attracted to that. Yo, Emery, <laughs> does she have a point? Yes and no. Can you run? Can you do that again? Okay, one this, more game. Okay, here. again. So the straw has no holes. The straw is just a rectangle, and they rolled it up to make the straw. Therefore, since you did not add any holes to make the straw, it has no holes. I'm confused with the straw as a rectangle. Oh, so it's, think of it like a flat piece of paper. Yeah, I and know when it rectangle. gets created, it rolls up like that. Yeah. So you're not actually manually adding the holes. They just appear when you like roll it in a cylinder. But the problem is a hole's definition is a hollow place within a physical structure. Not you don't have to add it. So she's correct in that no holes were added and it was the rectangle that became it. But by virtue, a hole was created. Ooh. You just didn't have to manually insert it. Ooh, yeah, I don't know who friend that is now, but hey, go up against Cassie. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably wrong. I'm very Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood <laughs> with Abby. It's the Burt Show's Entertainment Buzz. My brain hurts now. I, I know. Right? I can do it. All right, the Golden Bachelor might not be so golden. So this year's Golden Bachelor's name is Gary Turner. He's a sweet little 72-year-old man, man that people have loved watching on ABC's The Golden Bachelor. He's the first of its kind. Well, when he became The Golden Bachelor, he decided to, well, he didn't decide. When he was interviewed about his past relationships, he said, you know, I was married for 43 years and I haven't dated in 45. Well, a new story from The Hollywood Reporter is starting to dispute those facts. Women are coming out and saying that he has had several girlfriends since the, since the death of his wife, including one that he lived with for over a year and a half. The Hollywood Reporter has come to learn of inconsistencies with this narrative after speaking with one woman who preferred to have her identity protected and who claimed to have recently dated our Golden Bachelor. The woman would go on to have a nearly three-year relationship with Turner beginning a month after his wife's death. <laughs> well, that changes a month, things. Wow. A month. That changes things. Uh, yeah, that to me, if if my grandpa moved on a month after my grandmother died, I would have questions. Yeah. Well, they do move fast the older they get because... Because you're going to die soon. Exactly. Yeah, you ain't got as much time. <laughs> four, four weeks, though? Yeah, that's yeah. You might have five. He's probably been, he was probably sick of her ass for 25 years. <laughs> but but she also, was gone, and he was but, like, time to celebrate. But wait, if I remember correctly, when we first heard of The Golden Bachelor, and we were learning about, is it Gary or Jerry? It's Gary. When we were first learning about Gary, didn't he have like a photo of his wife in the closet mm -hmm. and spoke to her, said good morning to her every day, and yeah. like spoke to her? Yeah, that's the first time he talked to her in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> he had to wipe the dust off of it. He's like, sorry, Sharon was living here over a year ago. But apparently the breakup between him and this woman was really messy. The woman says Turner convinced her to move in with him and to quit her job, but problems quickly arose. She was packing for Gary's high school reunion when she recalls him pointing to her body. She'd put on 10 pounds from stress. He said, I'm not taking you to the reunion looking like that. Ooh. The disinvitation led to the breakup. In the end, she says he refused to allow the woman to stay any longer in their love nest, despite her suffering a foot injury in the final week of her stay. Mm. <laughs> oh, Gary. Oh, oh Gary, oh, you dog. Oh, Gary. Uh -huh. I just want to know, wh wh why bring all this up? Like, if you're going to bring it up in the beginning, you know, smear his name if you really feel the need to because you felt wrong by this guy, which if all of this is true, I understand why you would want to do that. But the finale, I think, is tonight. 
What? Why wait the this long? tonight? Hmm. I wonder if the producers had anything to do with oh, this. Yeah. Oh, the math is mathy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the it, does the Golden Bachelor get good ratings? People I know have really been enjoying it. Uh, hit nine million viewers. But this this is a very to me classic like bachelor bachelorette golden bachelor move that they've had this woman and like they're probably they might even be compensating her for her story and now they're leaking and mm. releasing this the night of the finale to garner more interest. Yeah, that makes sense. Because now that you bring that up, I think they did the same thing with Hannah Brown season a couple years ago, yeah. where that People magazine article about her now ex fiancés girlfriend. She did that whole expose, I think the week of the finale in People Magazine. So mm, those producers, they're, they're a sneaky bunch. Mm-hmm. Why can't I ever remember the name of that series um, that was written by a reality TV show, like a Bachelor oh, Unreal. producer? Unreal. It is so good yeah. and it gives you so many great peeks on what it's really like behind the scenes on these reality TV sh- dating shows. Yeah, and it's damn entertaining. Alright, Chelsea Handler is defending our girl Dolly Parton. So so, of course, at the halftime show for the Dallas Cowboys versus uh, Washington Commanders game on Thanksgiving, she came out in a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit looking smoking at the ripe age of 77. And naturally, of course, there's haters on the Internet and people were complaining that Dolly wasn't acting her age. And Chelsea Handler decided to hand it to him. Nope. Don't have it. I, I told Someone's got to answer for this. <laughs> well, here's what I don't get. Like, um, I, I, I saw no hate towards Dolly Parton. If, if anybody either. was complaining about it, it had to have been like, like just a few. Because mo- what I saw trending was nothing but love and positivity for Dolly out there, like doing the damn thing. I saw a few. I saw a few. But it was yeah. a sl- like you it's said, sliver. Sliver. Not even worth addressing. But when you're looking for content, yeah. <laughs> like Chelsea has to, um, it makes for a good uh, video. But yeah, most ninety nine point nine percent. I think people are like, damn. I know she looked incredible. I mean, if I look half her, if I look half as good as her tomorrow, yes. I will be doing just great, and maybe I can actually land myself a nice little boyfriend. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but Chelsea Awful rattle, also rattled off all of the charitable things that Dolly has done. Like, not only does she look incredible at the age of 77, but she's also done so much for the world. Shut up and let her live. Thanks. All right, for more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. Click eBuzz. Hey, The Bird Show. I think last week for our phone screener, uh, Amber could be referred to as a little bittersweet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, 75% bitter, 25% sweet. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to give you like 99% bitter, maybe 1% sweet. Well, All right, well, I'll be more honest. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Those first holidays after you, you lose a loved one, they're, they're really tough. Yes, 100%. I was uh, lucky enough, though, uh, that uh, my father and I, we, we've always been little adventurous people together. We used to do this thing every Thursday night called Daddy Daughter Night. And, and just to... Um, to recap, Amber mm-hmm. lost her mom oh, recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. For those not listening, uh, those not listening. For those of you who didn't or unaware, my mom did pass away uh, from um, ovarian cancer. It happened fast. It really within a month. Yeah, it was wow. very fast. And so my dad, we used to have this thing called Daddy Daughter Night. So we would go out every Thursday to get get some. It started with Captain D's because kids used to eat free on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that. My daddy's a little frugal. You know what I mean? Like hey, hey. Captain yeah. D's. Yeah. Get some, some processed fish. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then it kind of grew into doing other things and trying different things that kind of get me to try new things and experiences, foods, etc. So this time he was like, hey, uh, 
I want to go to that Jurassic Park exhibition thing that everyone's always talking about, that exhibit. And I was like, all right, let's go. So he got tickets and we went. And uh, So just so I'm clear also, or we're all clear of like sort of the family tree here, mm -hmm. mom and dad were still together yes. when mom passed away. They okay. were married for 42 years. Damn. Wow. It was 42 years, September 5th. Wow, so he's going through it too, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and he's he's very similar to, to most black men. They do Stereotypically, they don't always tend to show you what's going on or share it with you. Um, he's the protector. He keeps everything inside, you know. Um, so it was really good to actually see him smile because I've seen him. I don't know if he's noticed, but I've seen him have his private moments, and it's not pretty. Nobody wants to see their dad, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like that. But anyways, mm -hmm. we went to um, Jurassic Park. We were... Uh, attacked by a Tyrannosaurus Rex and an escaped <laughs> Velociraptor. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of fun. And there was this one, this cute little kid, um, little young boy. Uh, th I would say probably about Jimmy's age. I, he looked like it. Like a toddler? So yeah, yeah. And he was standing there and the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes out and he's like, ah! You know, and so he backs up into my dad and his mom looks down and he looks and she looks at my dad and I'm looking at her. I'm like, and this is a white woman, by the way. <laughs> okay, it's very, I was like, yo, don't you touch that white baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was funny, and she she started laughing, and the, you know it was a good time. But it, the the best part about that entire experience is that we remembered that we were able to go out and still smile. Mm -hmm. That was the first time that we ever had a mate created a new memory. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a good one, so it, it felt good. I know, I know, it can be conflicting too because your loved one's going to want you to continue to live your life and live it to the fullest. But there is also when you start enjoying yourself again. A lot of guilt. Is there? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be sad. Like yeah. your parent died. Yeah. And so you're supposed to be sad. So mm -hmm. when you start having fun, when you laugh for the first time after somebody significant passes away, the guilt is like suffocating. You almost 100%. catch yourself like while you're oh. laughing. Really? Yeah. yeah. It happened to me actually before we went to the uh, Jurassic Park thing. I don't I think I saw something on the internet or I don't know, something made me laugh. And after I laughed, I, I just, I started crying yeah. immediately. I felt like I'm not supposed to be happy. I know. How dare I have a, a moment when, you know, but it's, it's okay. It's natural. That's and, natural. And, and I want to say that to everybody who's going through something like that, give yourself some grace. You're allowed to feel different emotions. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It doesn't always have to be sad. And so I, I did have to figure that out the hard way, but yeah. I'm getting through it. I'm now, is this something it. you work out uh, by yourself or I know that you've like seen a therapist for the first time also? Yes, I am. Um, I, for the very first time, uh, <laughs> I've never had therapy before. You picked a good time. We'll do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> so that'll I went get you in and, that chair real quick. Oh, okay. Luckily for me, it was a uh, video chat. <laughs> so uh, it, it went really well. Um, I'm going to be doing it again. I don't know how often I can do it because therapy ain't cheap. <laughs> Being healthy, no matter what it is, mental or physical, you know, it costs you some money. So um, I'm looking into different grants or proposals or whatever I can do to be able to do this because I did find someone that I like. Is this I just like a better know. help type thing? Um, actually, it is poor counseling. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah. I, I like her. Um, she seems like a very kind person, and she's a black woman. Mm -hmm. So she can understand other issues that I may need to talk about in the future. So She's great. Yeah, I like her a lot. So I think I'm going to be going with her. As um, unfortunate as your situation is, I do think it's a beautiful thing that you and your dad can lean on each mm -hmm. other because yeah. I share that similar pain, and I'm sure that's been mm. really good for the both of you. 100%. It, is it, or um, I'm just, I, I've never been in this situation. So is it 
I don't want to say healthy. Does it help to be in the same situation at the same time? Or sometimes I feel like when you're in a relationship, when one is going through stress, then the other one is not and can can help the other one out. But if you're going through it at the same time, I wonder if it even makes it more difficult. For my father and I, it works. Mm-hmm. We can do it. For my cousin and I, it's very frustrating. He is a May Gemini, super emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a June Gemini. Leave me alone. So anyways, he he has a very difficult time. When he goes through it, he only cares about himself. He, he, no one else matters. He can't help you when he's where he is. Mm-hmm. And I've made, it makes you feel like you can't grieve because you have to take care of him. If that makes any sense. So it's better for me and my dad, but my cousin and I, no. Yeah, when you lose, like within the family, like, and you lose some, the, the, the same person, right? I mean, different relationship, but same person. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know somebody else gets what you're going through. Yeah, yeah that's how it was for 100. me. Pain shared is pain lesson for me. Yep. I love that. It's the Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.